clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Taxes and Adam Jeffrey Rossi getting his friend's fortune incredibly lo- wrong. And mine was really wrong, too. So. <laughs> Welcome into the show, folks. I'm the aforementioned Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And I'm the unmentioned Josh Lapping. Incredible Super Wild Card weekend was where I predicted, I predicted every single game would be within 10 points. And only two of them were. Man, I wish you would have been correct because that would have that would have been a lot better. So Josh is dubbed uh, best weekend in football. What really wasn't huge letdown. But that's fine. Yeah, I'm real anxious. That's fine. You know, if this is the best weekend of football, then we are. And maybe we are in trouble. Maybe maybe the maybe the divisional round will set things right so we've got a lot to cover on the show today folks so we're just gonna get right into it we're gonna go right to rant rave recall and then we're gonna cover the games that happened over the weekend and get you set for the next weekend what do we got pal all right you want me to go first yeah you got it man all right i'm ready for this going to rant and it is been a rant that i've been real really looking forward to i've been really excited for this one i feel real passionate about this so i am ready We've been doing this for a long time, you and I. This is our fourth season of a podcast. Fourth season, yeah. We have... We're, we're, we're about 10 episodes away from 100 episodes. You know, we had our show in college. We've talked a lot of football in between when we weren't necessarily recording and on the air and whatnot. And I have been known to hold a grudge or two against players, coaches, for, for things just irked me the wrong way that just rubbed me this the wrong very way. very true. You know, goes back to Jim Schwartz with spiking the headset to Matt Stafford for his comments about not needing improvement and help to, you know, Cam after the Super Bowl. God, it was so long ago, too. You know, I, I, I've had a plethora of them, and there is a new player on the list as of this weekend. Ooh. And I want to say, Rain, Dakota Prescott, welcome to the list. Oh, welcome oh, no. to the list. You are, you are blackballed by me, and, and you're a player <gasps> that... You know, I, I, I haven't been against the Cowboys at all. You know, I, we, we go back, and I wasn't always the biggest supporter, but I, I feel like you've evolved and grown. But now 
You were on the black ball lapping list because oh, no. of the nonsense that happened after the game. I don't even care about the game. I don't care about you losing or, you know, looking a little bit flustered during the game. That happens. But to come out afterwards and, and what happened after the game in response to his fans, it is completely I'm going to say, I'll say asinine. I don't think that's technically a a vulgar word. And it it bothered the heck out of me. So for those of you who don't know, and and what's even funnier about this is I saw this on NFLmemes.com. That's not a .com. It's just a Facebook thing. I was like, there's no way this happened. And I had to go look up the press conference, and it really happened. So if you don't know... After the game, which obviously ended in a pretty crazy way, and we'll talk about that soon, there were fans throwing trash out onto the field, and they asked Dak Prescott, the reporters afterwards asked Dak Prescott how they felt about it, and he said, it's sad. You're talking about a team. You're talking about men coming out each and every day of their lives and giving everything to the sport. He says some more things. I'll continue on. And for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter and to be with us through thick and thin, that's tough. Okay, that's fine. But then the reporters go on to say, actually, they were throwing it at the refs. And he says, credit to them then. Credit to them. And then he even doubles down afterwards when the reporter's like, did you really mean that? He's like, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, let, me, let me find the quote. I guess that's why the refs took off and got out so fast. I think everyone was upset about the way the, offici- the officiating and he ha- – uh, and the way things played out. So not only did he say something completely stupid and immature and dumb, but then he doubled down on it. First of all, I've been a referee, obviously not this level, but you are told to get off the field as soon as the game is done. Once the clock hits zero, you take off. It doesn't matter. It's not only professional football. That's everything. That's baseball. That's football. That's basketball. That's little league football. That's little league anything. The refs get off the field because there's celebration happening. Coaches sometimes, you know, teams are coming out and talking. To say that they're taking off because they're scared that they messed up the game, first of all, that's just ignoring and ducking all responsibility for your own mishap and mishandling of the game, Dak. So don't get, get out of here with that garbage. But then to condone your fans and say it's a great job for them being so ignorant and dumb and disrespectful, that is just trash talk. So I don't want to hear anything about throwing trash at the field when the only thing on the field that was trash on Sunday was you, Dak. You and your Cowboys were the trash, not the trash being thrown in the field. So get out of here. Welcome to the lapping black ball list. You're on it, and you're going to be on it for quite some time. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, Petty Josh has entered the chat, and it's always spicy, and it's the greatest. Yeah, man, I actually, I did not know about any of that. <laughs> like, legitimately, I didn't hear any of the post-game conf- uh, press conferences. I, I mean, maybe I was wrapped up in my own post-game press conferences all weekend, just enjoying that. But, yeah, I didn't hear that, and, you know... People say things when they're emotional and when they're upset, and, you know, I definitely don't condone it either, but I did not know that he went that far, so. Yeah, like yeah, I said, it, it sucks. It's, it's so, it was just funny that I found out through what's supposed to be like a joke gaggy thing. I was like, there's, was there's no way quote. that he said that, right? And then I went and watched it. I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding. For the leader of this team, for the Walter Payton Man of the Year representation, for the Dallas Cowboys to go and be so petty and immature and to condone something like that. And obviously, it's not like anybody got majorly injured or anything. But still, just to be 
so immature and dumb. Like, I just couldn't stand it. And that's the kind of thing. Like, we just, we have no place for that. And for somebody that's always been an upstanding player, just to, to show that side of yourself, that's just, it's not cool. It would be one thing to criticize the refereeing. That's that's one thing. Players do that all the time, right? It's totally another thing to condone fans throwing stuff at, at, at people. And, like you said, doubling down on it. Didn't know that either. He doubled down uh, on it, but... And even another layer, like I said at first, when he thought that they were talking about the players, he's like, oh, that's not cool. They shouldn't do that. That's not okay. And they're like, oh, no, it was the ref. He's like, oh, good then. What? And then he won at 180. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Not a good look. And, you know, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Uh, I certainly have a lot to say about the Cowboys. Uh, more about Mike McCarthy than anything else. And I'm sure Cowboys fans will love the Packer fan insight about about Mike McCarthy. So we'll talk about that later. I want to save that. But I did not know any of that. So, oof. You know, you hope that... I mean, Dak's what? 25? 26? Actually, so no, no. You, you hope that he is... Yeah, he's not that old. So you hope that, you know, eventually some... Dak maybe maybe he comes back and apologizes for that. Oh, he's 28. Wow, he's older than I thought. You know, be the face of the franchise. That's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm bumbling a little bit because I don't really know how to respond to it, but... Woof. You know, I'm going to take it to a positive Please. for me. Yeah, let's do it. And I'm, I'm going to rave. I'm going to rave because there's a big chance that I won't be able to do this in a week. So I'm going to play a soundbite <laughs> real quick. Did you hear that? I did hear it. It took so, me a second to realize the, what was happening. I was like, what? Right. The Buffalo Bills posted this before in the in the pregame interview. Josh Allen said, you know, we'd love to go out and score every time we touch the ball, but we know it's not possible. <laughs> and then, of course, the other soundbite they played after that is from The Office, a show you and I both love, where it's like, I need you to crunch those numbers again. And then they play all the highlights of the touchdowns. Oh, boy. It was a great Saturday night to be a Bills fan. And... Again, like I said, it could all come crashing down this week. It could all come crashing down the following week or the week after that, depending on how far it goes and how much, um, you know, how, how many games we do win. But to win and to win the way that we did over the arch rival that beat us in the really weird game during the season and everybody was like, Bill Belichick and the Patriots still got it. Let's just run through the numbers real quick. Josh Allen, five touchdown passes, no interceptions, 80% completion percentage. Only two other quarterbacks in the history of the postseason have ever done it. 2009 Kurt Warner against the Packers. Uh, one of we, we, We've talked about that game plenty on this on this show. Uh, one of our favorite playoff games ever, games ever, really. And Peyton Manning in uh, 2003 against the Broncos. Uh, Josh Allen had 98.5 QBR for those of you who don't know the QBR stat. It's different than the quarterback rating. QBR only goes to 100, and it was the highest highest QBR in a playoff game since 2006. Uh, people have come close have been Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, Matt Ryan in 2016 run. He's the fifth best passer rating in a playoff game all time of 158 or 157.6. 158.3 is perfect. He was awesome. It, it was it was a, so much fun. 
And it and it wasn't just Josh Allen either. We were up thirty three to three at one point, and Mac Jones had one hundred and sixteen passing yards, no touchdowns, two picks. He had a passer rating of forty, so a hundred and ten uh, passer rating points less than than Allen. Now they, they ended up in after it was thirty three to three, ended up scoring when we were in our prevent defense, but it was just. Incredible, and we were texting during it, and you know, I I was texting you. I was like, it's not even halftime yet. Like, I it felt like the game, it felt like the game was over way earlier than it really was, and obviously it was kind of over with the score the way it was. But I told you, I was like the I was like the right Josh Allen showed up tonight, and you're like, well, he had to. And then I said, you know, that's my only concern is if it if it you know just changes. And Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football, one of my favorite guys, and we, we like that show. He he was at the game, and he tweeted, people here in Buffalo around me keep saying, let's see what happens for halftime adjustments for Bill Belichick. And Kyle Brandt said, if the adjustment is trading for Josh Allen, I'm terrified. Otherwise, get the F out of here. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was awesome. No punts, no picks, no fumbles, no field goals. All touchdowns until the final kneel down on the final possession, and they did it against a top five defense in the NFL this year. It was awesome, and I I can't remember the last time I was more happy to be a Bills fan and that excited. It had to have been the year. It had to have been after the the Andy Dalton play, and it, it wasn't even a Bills play. You know, um, this was something else. It was a total beatdown from start to finish. And I know that they scored 17 points at the end, but it was really, I mean, 30-point victory against Bill Belichick. It's one of his uh, biggest losses in his entire career, and it is his biggest playoff loss. It was just, it was sublime. It was surreal. And now we have this huge matchup on Sunday night. It'll it'll uh, cap off Divisional Weekend, and I'm pumped for it. But I'm going to savor this one for a real long time. It was great. Heck yes, as you should. Like I said <laughs> to you when, when we were chatting, you know, it's, it, it's a great feeling. You should celebrate that. You should be happy because you witnessed and you got to be a part of something that probably, for all intents and purposes, won't ever happen again. It was a historically great game, not only from the Buffalo Bills, but Josh Allen specifically. You know, those those come around you know, when, when was the last time you said that name? Uh, 2010, 2009, 2003. So those happen yeah. super. They're very, very rare. And, you know, I have been a a cautionary step of Josh Allen when you're like, he's the the next coming. And I'm like, he, he's doing, you know, he's he's doing. But, you know, I have to absolutely tip my cap to to that game it was perfect it was executed flawlessly he was on fire he was feeling it the right josh allen showed up because he had to and he punched the the proverbial bully in in the mouth there in the eye a couple times in the gut he he did it all he did it perfectly (laughs) and it was something to be celebrated by buffalo bills fans absolutely by the end of the by the end of the game, Josh Allen became the only quarterback in NFL history to have thirteen hundred passing yards and three hundred rushing yards in his first career five playoff games. It was awesome. And I you know, it it feels magical. So I don't know if that's just because, oh, this was your one and savor it, you know, that's what this playoffs was about, or if this is the start of a true run where we get all the way back to the title game and possibly the Super Bowl. Like I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this team feels really good and you want to hum at this point in time. But what's gonna be really exciting, we're gonna talk about it on the show, is there's another quarterback that was humming just as 
just as uh, loudly as Josh Allen was, and he's going to be on the other side of the field on Sunday night. So oh, it's going to be doggy. pretty crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's do some recap first, though, before we prep, because I took a lot of notes for all these games, and even though not all of them were exciting, they were all fascinating in their own right. Uh, starting with the opener of the weekend on Saturday evening, uh, Las Vegas went to the Cincinnati Bengals and lost on a last-second interception by Jermaine Pratt. Uh, it was a, it was a fun game. It was exciting. The, the Bengals were ahead for a while, and then Derek Carr did his fourth-quarter thing and got them in position, and they went all the way down the field. Couldn't quite finish it off. Um, but 26-19 was the final score between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they traded field goals uh, to end the fourth quarter. Uh, what Raiders, Bengals, Raiders, and that was really the end of it. Uh, Joe Burrow finished the game with two touchdown passes, no picks. He was only sacked twice. Derek Carr was sacked three times, had an interception and a touchdown, 310 yards. His rating is below 70 because he did have a pick and he didn't have the the greatest completion percentage in the world. But this this was a very interesting game because Las Vegas this season, I don't know if you know this, was a historically bad red zone defense. 80% of the time, teams against them this year got into the red zone. They scored a touchdown. Not just scored, but scored a touchdown. And their red zone defense was actually pretty darn good in this game. They started off and they held the Bengals. There were one, there were two field goals within the red zone to start to in the in the first. I think it, I don't know if it was in the I don't know if the second one was in the second quarter, but the Raiders scored a field goal and then the Bengals uh, went and scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, here we go. And then two straight drives. Uh, Evan McPherson had to settle for a 31-yard field goal and a 30-yard field goal. So twice in a row in the red zone, they stopped them. And I was like, all right, well, it's got to be on this Vegas offense. And they just they just couldn't couldn't deliver. It was it was sensational. Um, or sorry, it was it was <laughs> it was not sensational the way that this offense responded. I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah, this was my second favorite game of the whole weekend just because of of the drama and the response and the willing their way back in. It was a it was a Vegas game. We've seen this all year from Vegas of getting down and willing their way back in the fourth quarter and that's been Carr's MO and it was exciting that it came down to that. I think it's a really great point that you brought up about, you know, Vegas's defense kind of clamping down there after that initial touchdown and letting Joe Cool you know, get down there, but not letting him punch it in and, and trying to keep their game. And one of them was after an interception, too. I mean, they really stood up in that first that first half twice in a row. And in my opinion, they were well, a pretty undermanned crew going into that. You know, it, it's never been the yeah. strongest defense this entire year. They've been dealing with injuries and maybe just a lack of talent as a whole. But they they showed up the best that they could in that game, and it was good to see. They definitely had a shot. Max Crosby had a great game. He had uh, six total total tackles, two of them for loss, two quarterback hits and a sack. I mean, yeah, their their defensive line, their front seven's pretty darn good. And this, you know, a little bit of offseason news that we'll obviously cover once we get there. Mike Mayock was let go, and it is assumed that Rich Passaccia won't come back, although Derek Carr was quoted saying, I love the guy. He's the obvious choice to be the head coach. So we'll, it, it's very fascinating. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But... Uh, things that stood out to me in this game, like Joe Burrow made a throw to CJ Uzama in the second quarter that I just audibly said wow to. I mean, Joe Burrow's been awesome this year, and he's getting hot at the right time. 
he's got a chance to lead his his Bengals in his first full season starting the whole year because um, he got injured last year to the AFC title game. It's awesome. Uh, I will also point out that Derek Carr actually made a throw in the fourth quarter to Darren Waller that was eerily Almost similar the to exact the same throw, thing. Which is, it, was, it was super. I watched it and I was like, didn't we watch that earlier in the game? It was pretty cool. Um, Cincinnati is not, was 9 of 10 on 4th and 1 heading into this game, and they had a 4th and 1 play that was super fun. They motioned Chase in the backfield, get it out to him on the edge. I mean, it was just a really fun game to watch um, and to kick it off the right way. So, you know, we'll see the future for this Vegas team. It'll be fascinating if they want to bring in a bunch of new people and blow it all up and go a different route um, or if they uh, if they want to, you know, keep Carr and, and try to roll with him because he's a pretty good quarterback and, he really, really showed his leadership skills this this year. Uh, after that was the aforementioned Buffalo beatdown. Uh, a couple of things of note that I had about this game. Uh, the wind chill factor had it at, I believe, negative, um, what was it? Negative six degrees at kickoff. Um, it was absolutely freezing. Uh, the game started off right off the bat. Dawson Knox touchdown. Dawson Knox touchdown. Devin Singletary touchdown. Devin Singletary touchdown. Um, it was sensational. The first drive I have, I was writing notes for all these games, and my first five notes are this. First drive for Buffalo, chef's kiss. It was perfect. Second drive for Buffalo. Man, we're we're playing really good. Third drive, four drive. First five possessions are touchdowns. Wow. Like literally everything was like working, right? <laughs> Laser to Knox on a third down run for a first. Then they had this really awesome fake crossing route by Isaiah McKenzie and he turned it into a corner route because he killed them with the uh, crossing routes um, last time. I was just, I was blown away. I, well, obviously, we talked about it a little bit, but I'm, I'll let you talk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say really beyond the fact that it was just a perfectly executed game by Buffalo. And this is this is not to take away anything against what Buffalo did because obviously, like I said, it was historic and great and amazing. I will say, though, the Patriots defense where they're coming in with these top five statistics, I also think that's kind of pat padded a little bit because, I mean, outside their Jags game, they limped into the playoffs. Like, this is not unexpected it's true it's they like did it was like, oh it's my true gosh, they did what is happening and obviously buffalo has a great offense they have josh allen who is i mean even with me staying staying a little bit lower i mean he's absolutely a top i'll say six quarterback in the nfl if not higher than i if I think not so. higher than I that so. so i mean this is a, a defense that was starting to crack was starting to show some some chinks in the armor and buffalo absolutely took the hammer to it and i'll say one more thing before we close out and move on because you're right we've talked a lot about this uh there was there was one th- or, or actually no sorry i i lied i've got a couple other things my bad <laughs> um there was one thing that could have ruined my night but because it was so good uh it didn't ruin my night i wanted somebody to knock kendrick Bourne out after he scored his one touchdown, because he's turned to the camera and started smirking and waving at it. I'm like, dude, you're down by 40. What are you doing? I, I, it, I, it made me so angry, and then I was like, oh, right, they're down by 40. It's fine, and I moved on from it real quick. Um, the other two things I wanted to notice is or to point out is that in the press conference, Josh Allen admitted that the first touchdown, he was like, I threw it away. He was like, I the literally Dawson just floated it up there. That was pretty amazing. I, he, 
Yeah, he's like, I threw it away. And if you look at the camera, he doesn't. He just walks to the bench and he sits down. And then he said something along the lines of Dawson went over to him and he was like, thanks for throwing it up there and giving me a chance. And he's like, what happened? Because <laughs> they weren't showing the replay. <laughs> and then they showed the replay and he was like, you caught that dude? Uh, so I thought that was pretty fun. And I thought it was cool that he admitted it too. Uh, a lot of guys have been like, yeah, I totally meant. But like, he's like, no, I threw it away. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to point out was the text I sent you Um Josh Allen quoting after, you know, Emmanuel Sanders scored a touchdown. He goes, I'm sick for Emmanuel Sanders. Man's played 100 years in this league and has his first career playoff touchdown tonight. He goes, Tommy Doyle uh, plays one game and has a touchdown in his first career game. And he's a lineman. It was just, it was awesome. That's a <laughs> and then we were like, stat. I know. We were like, Manuel Sanders hasn't scored a touchdown in the playoffs. And I looked at it and he had it. Um, it was Demarius Thomas who scored all those touchdowns in his Denver run. And I don't know if you saw this too, but he did the mile high salute and he had DT on his on his um, cleats as well. So it That's was cool. definitely, like yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So again, it was a perfect night. We'll talk about the game coming up, but oh boy, it should be a should be a heavyweight bout. Uh, moving on to Sunday and the first game known as the Adam took a nap game. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, you had texted me and I woke up a half hour later, and your text was like, "Well, it's time to play video games." And I texted you a half hour later, and I was like, "That would have been fun," but I fell asleep. I was so bored. And you guys, I'm a football nut, and I fell asleep during this game. It was just. So bad. It was so boring. And I don't know, man. What? What? Philly? What the heck? I My my two notes about this game are gross. Just gross. And my second note was, oh, Gronk has, a, uh, has now the postseason record for touchdowns by a tight end. Those are my only two notes. Yeah, because this is a game. <laughs> we, I know. We were so excited. Last week I said that Philadelphia <laughs> has the keys to to pull off an upset if if it was going to happen. Except the thing is, they dropped the keys in a lake, and it got <laughs> they got swallowed by a fish, so they couldn't find them. I oh boy, I Jalen Hurts struggled. Twenty three of forty three, uh, two fifty eight, a touchdown, two interceptions, two sacks. But the touchdown or anything after that came when it was 31 nothing, right? So it doesn't really even matter. Uh, Tom Brady was sacked four times early on in the game. It, it did feel like there was a chance for Philly, right? Because they were getting to Tom. And it was like, okay, if their offense can get it together, you know what I mean? But then before you knew it, it was 17 nothing, and then it was 24 nothing, and then I fell asleep. So Tom Brady did finish with two touchdowns, no picks, 271. Um, there's not a lot to say other than... Tom Brady always seems to figure it out, no matter what. In terms of weapons, he always seems to find people to get it together and and win games. Mike Evans had nine catches for 117 in the touchdown, and then five catches for 31 yards in the touchdown was Rob Gronkowski. Like I said, he had the record. So we'll see what happens with this team. Uh, we obviously have a big matchup over this weekend against the Rams, but uh, I don't really have much else to say about this game. <laughs> Do you? I mean, it was just it was it was a tough one and. It, it happened right away on the very first drive for Tampa. Tom Brady was looking a little bit off. I don't remember the defender that came around, and they got him for going low, which, you know, even even the announcers, Joe and Buck, or Joe and Troy, were like, come on, that's... So they got they got a flag, so it, it made it a little tentative to try to go get Brady early, and I, I get it. You don't want to see... Uh, I don't even technically know who the backup is there. I don't think it 
it's Trask. I don't think he's suiting up this year. So. No, it's uh, it's Blaine yeah, Gabbert. So nobody wants to see Blaine Gabbert come into the playoffs. So, like, I get protecting the quarterbacks and whatnot, but it, it certainly set a tone right then and there for Philadelphia, in my opinion. And like, I, like you said, by the time that they kind of got things going, it was out of hand, so they couldn't lean on the run game and whatnot. Yeah. The big thing to come out of this one, though, is the injury to right tackle Tristan Wirfs. There is, quote, a chance that he's able to play against the Rams, but right now they're going to need the Bucks, them. They're going to need the them. Bucks are definitely having some some depth if issues, not only for everything that we've already talked about, Godwin and their running backs and losing AB, but they're just having depth challenges on the offensive line right now as a whole. So having their all pro young, really great right tackle is going to be huge in this game. So we'll have to monitor his health this week as well. It'll be something to watch for sure. I think all four games are fascinating this weekend. It should be a lot of fun, and we'll get to them very soon, I promise. Now to the drunkest game I've ever watched in my <laughs> GD life. The San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about it, man. The Cowboys have now gone 11 straight playoff appearances without reaching a conference championship game. It's the longest streak by any team in the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been in a conference title game Uh quicker than than the than the Dallas Cowboys. It's nuts. There have been 276 games counting playoffs this NFL season. Only four teams have had 14 penalties in a game. The Cowboys are two of those times. I it's just Mike McCarthy is going to come back next year and I feel terrible for Dallas fans because this is a really good damn football team. Like it, pardon me. This team is so good. This team has a top 10 to 15 player at quarterback, at running back, two wide receivers in that category, likely a tight end. I think Dalton Schultz is top 10, top 15 tight end in the league. They yeah, have a top half. 10 to 5 They have a doff a, a top 10 to 15 cornerback. They have a top 10 to 15 linebacking core, uh, front seven in total, defensive end, outside linebacker and Micah Parsons. They have everything you need to be a Super Bowl team. And Mike McCarthy fumbled this so masterfully bad. It, it, <laughs> all of my... All of my notes are McCarthy needs to go. This is terrible. Coaches have been fired for less. Flores was fired, and he's a way better coach than Mike. Flores should be the coach of the Miami Dolphins. I'm sorry. Uh, penalties, game management, issues, not going for it when he should have gone for it. It was sloppy. It is a postseason record in penalties for for Dallas. And that that that's the head coach. Not only is it the head coach, it's the head coach, especially when you, we talked about this too during the game. Dan Quinn does this defense. Kellen Moore does this offense. Mike McCarthy does not have input on either of them. He doesn't play call. He doesn't do any of that. So what does he have to do? He needs to inspire. Doesn't do that. He needs to game manage. Certainly doesn't do that. And it needs to make sure to, that they're crisp and ready to go. And they certainly weren't that. I cannot believe how poorly coached this game was. And yet they still had a chance at the end of the game because the team is that talented. I'm sick for all of our Dallas fans, for our Dallas correspondent, Mike, <laughs> and for my cousins and my uncles. I am so sick for you guys. And you don't just like, again, we like to have fun with the Cowboys and the national media certainly does as well, but you do not deserve this. I was going to swear <laughs> coach. It's terrible. I mean, I don't. What else can I say? 
Whew, are we just coming off of Rant Rave Recall right there? My goodness. Yeah, I was going to – can you tell that I had that in the chamber and I was going to rant, but your rant was so – was had such vehemence that I wanted to turn it positive. <laughs> Hot dang. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know how to follow that up. This, this really was – this is my favorite game of the weekend. I said it was going to be my favorite game of the weekend, and it delivered because even though San Francisco is up, you know, this was just a game where – you just had to keep watching to see what was going to happen and to see if Dallas was going to wheel their way back in because Dallas was the better team for all intents and purposes on paper and whatnot. And they probably still are. And, you know, 49ers started losing some key defensive players. And I mean key defensive players. They're best players on defense. And you're like, oh, man, when these started happening, you're like, Dallas is going to win because of it and it's going to be over. And, you know, there are fans this game, praying and fans this crying had- and... Yeah, I know. There was that was pretty crazy, and also the having it be the Nickelodeon cast is hysterical. <laughs> by the way, um, but if this game were at a bar and ordered another drink, the bartender would cut them off and send them home. That's how drunk it was. It was stupid. And I also want to point this out: Kyle Shanahan does not get a pass for this game. Everybody's going to talk about the Cowboys. Kyle Shanahan botched the entire back half of the fourth quarter it was so horribly mismanaged that final drive you let Dallas get three to four huge chunk plays and get out of bounds in a row and then you turn to this weird whack defense where you just have them all line up on the line and leave the middle wide open and we're going to talk about this the obvious thing here about how the game ended I'm just leading up to it I thought it was a brilliant play call because they're guarding it in the weirdest defensive position I've ever seen in my life, and Dak has 30 free yards. You know, like, they're, we're well, going to break this down in a been, second here. That's how they should have been defending the previous 30 yards. Exactly. So you let them get 50 yards down the field, and then you just give them a 25-yard run. Now, again, it was completely botched. Unfortunately for them, they don't have the Larry Fitzgerald to grab the ball and make sure the ref gets to place it because there was enough time for this. Maybe Dak shouldn't have, you know, tried to get five extra yards so that a player could like fall on him. But it's another coaching bungle. Your team has to be prepared for the situation to know the ref has to touch the football, right? And my initial reaction, because I was tipsy and I I just wanted to see the dramatic last play and it was a deflating way for the game to end, was to be like, oh, this is terrible refs. But it wasn't. It's the rule. Tony handled it perfectly. Tony Romo had one of his best called games, too, by the way. He was all over this right away. The ref has to touch the ball. You should know that, and that's on your coach for not, not – I'm not even saying, like, you have to have prepped it during the week, which, by the way, why wouldn't you prep late-game situations like this during the week? I bet you they do. But you can talk to your quarterback in the headset. Hey, Dak, you have this much time. Get down. Make sure the ball gets handed to the ref so we don't lose time. How hard is that? So I will. I'm fired I will, up about this game, man. This, I'm fired this up. Is not in, this is not defensive, McCarthy. I don't think it's correct. This is something that he said they were prepared for. He says that with the 14 seconds that were on the clock, 14 seconds is enough time for them to execute that type of play with all those moving factors. I agree with that. See, I, 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 I don't agree with that because, and I, I, I've listened to numerous people talk about this, I've listened to numerous coaches call in and talk about things. They say to run a play like that, to run not not necessarily a quarterback draw, right? To run a play where you have something where the clock is running to go up there and be able to spike the ball, you need 16 to 17 seconds to do it. 
Now, obviously to say two seconds isn't a lot, but in a, in a game like this, in a situation like this, two to three seconds is everything. So it'd be like, we could do this with 14 seconds, no doubt. I, I, don't, I don't know about that because everyone else is saying it takes more time than that. I it can certainly it can certainly be questioned. I'm not going to deny that. And certainly the national media was crucifying for even making the decision. Um but can we all stop listening to Rex Ryan? Come on now. But I honestly thought when that happened, I was like, "Brilliant. You you abuse you you took advantage of their terrible defense to get 50 yards down the field and continue to get out of bounds. You have 14 seconds." It's brilliant for you to run up there. And all the other players were pretty much there, right? It's just because they forgot to hand it to the ref because they almost also got it off. And that was another thing I said was, why don't you just give them the last play? But then you did, you made a good point and you said, well, then the 49ers fans would have lost their minds. So, again, Mike McCarthy said one thing I agreed with in that entire span it took for the game to be played and everything that was said afterwards. He said, would you rather have, uh, you know, two plays? Oh, interesting. Of a Hail Mary from the 50 or five verticals from the 24. I agree with that. Interesting. I don't I, like, at all. I think a while, like, I, I know that Dak can throw it 50 yards, okay? We're not silly here. He makes $160 million. He can throw it 50. But I think it's way easier to try to catch somebody slipping on a back shoulder or a double move on four verts from the 24-yard line than trying to throw it up twice from the 50. So I, I hear what you're saying. I get it. That's not wrong. That makes sense. But also with everything that we've seen about defensive penalties, you know at that moment every 49er is going to be scared and pushing and shoving. The odds of having a penalty even on that kind of play is is very much in play and being well, there. And that and was my initial— more tries, at least. If you're there yeah. at the 50, you get to try more than one time, where if you get down to the 24, great. Then you have to be perfect in one second. I'd rather have two it was my initial time. It was my initial thought. I texted you about it. I said, "Well, now you got to chuck it up and just hope for a penalty because they've been calling them all year, all game, right? Vegas gets three of them a game." Um, it was my initial thought, and then they got the fifty yards real quick. That I thought, "Okay, well, you know what? They're they're playing soft enough. You can get it." But it was terrible, and you know, somebody I mean, with said, those "I wide think receivers with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. You're not talking about yeah. scrub wide receivers. They can go up and catch a football." And it's Honestly, the biggest travesty is that because of all this drama, we don't get to talk about one of the first successful hook and ladders in forever, which is beautiful. <laughs> um, but I legitimately just, you know, Steven, yeah, he had 10 catches that were, I think all of them called back. <laughs> um, they kept saying CD Lamb hasn't had a catch. And I was like, he's caught five. And then I realized that they were all called back. I, I think it was Steven Jones said that he's pretty positive Mike McCarthy comes back. And the only person I've seen defend it is Mike Tannenbaum. And again, I love Get Up. It's one of my favorite programs. <laughs> can we, can, instead of Get Up, can we call it Get Out and get Mike Tannenbaum and Rex Ryan out? Like, why are we having failed GMs and coaches tell other GMs and coaches what they need to be doing? Whatever, man. Because successful guys annoy me. ones still, you know, like they made their money and they don't need to. If you're going to be a failed uh, if you're going to be a failed GM and coach and try to do television, at least be good at it. Like, Dan Orlovsky was a failed quarterback, but he's brilliant on television. I, I love how he breaks stuff down. It's fine. Regardless, 
Dallas, I'm sorry. You're going to be stuck with this coach again for another year. And, you know, I Which told I think Mike I, this. I want to I wanna, I wanna jump in here real quick before. Okay. Because I, I do think you're right. I don't see Mike McCarthy going anywhere. But I do see a very high probability that Dan Quinn and maybe Kellen Moore will be gone. So you'll be left with Mike McCarthy. Which will make it even worse. To get new, de- or new coordinators. And it's going to, like, Dallas, you are, you're in a situation right now that's not super great. You know, Mike McCarthy probably aced his his whole mock interview thing in high school or, you know, whatever they prep them for when you're interviewing and people tell you to say you can yeah, when they ask if you can do something, you just say yes cuz you can always learn it later. He hoodwinked us all cuz I was ready to believe in Mike McCarthy yeah, when he talked about, about living in his barn and studying football and analytics and I was like, I love that. That's so cool. You're no, he's just as terrible, if not worse, because this team is way more talented than 85% of the Packer teams that y'all had. Y'all just had Aaron Rodgers, and they limped to a Super Bowl. It was terrible, and like I said, I feel terrible, and I told I told Mike, I don't think this team's window is that small because they all these players are young, and most of them are under contract, right? So I, I don't know all the details, but like you've got Diggs and Parsons and Van Der Esch and Dak and CD. Like these are all young players; they're very good. Dallas and even though, don't you know, like you know, Leighton Van Der Esch. Zeke Leighton Van Der Esch is, is pretty good, but regardless, I think the window is not that small. The issue is that in the NFL, it's even if you think somebody has a big window, it's smaller than we all think it is. And with that being said, if you have next season with Mike McCarthy again, especially without one or both of his coordinators who are pretty good, it it would have been now two seasons that you wasted your Super Bowl window because the NFC East is terrible and you're dominating it now with a terrible coach. That's It's just, I'm so sorry. I know that we have a lot of Dallas fans that listen and I just feel for you, but woof. <laughs> Let's move on. We wasted too much time on that. It's fine. Pittsburgh, KC, it, it's what we thought it was, right? And I texted you and I said, well, it was a fun first half. And you were like, let's be real. It was one quarter. And it was. I mean, uh, KC struggled. The defense was laughably good. And then TJ Watt, MVP, gave him a 7 nothing lead. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. I was mistaken. <laughs> Uh, um, Andy Reid decided to use Jarek McKinnon like I use him in Madden just like Arthur Smith uses Cordero Patterson like I use Cordero Patterson in Madden and Pittsburgh emptied the tank to start the game they just didn't have enough left that's that's pretty much all I all I would say about this game yeah that's that's a pretty good way to sum it up obviously everyone after after some initial I don't even want to call it rust but I don't, I don't have a better word Everyone in Kansas City knocked off some rust at the beginning of the game that first quarter. Then they went on a run of their their own. You were talking about the accolades of Josh Allen. I just have to say that Patrick Mahomes also did some record setting his own, throwing those five touchdowns. Yeah, he also threw five touchdowns. Like, what nine <laughs> minutes? It was the fastest was ten minutes like yeah. that has ever happened. So this is gonna. I, don't, I can't look forward to KC Buffalo quite this second because we'll talk about it soon. But I am so darn excited. Oh man, that, that game's gonna be forty-one to forty, and I'm gonna be crapping my pants at nine p.m. on a Sunday night while I have to teach Monday morning. It's ridiculous. That being said, uh, is there anything else you want to say about from the weekend? It was kind of disappointing because there were a lot of blowouts. And then, oh, I uh, didn't, didn't even, even, talk I didn't about even the mention game. I didn't even talk about the Monday night game. What a hysterical intercept pick six 
Kyler Murray threw. Yikes. That was like what a hysterical pick six. I don't have any notes about this game because this is another game where I went to sleep at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I, I also stopped watching. I watched the first drive, the first Arizona drive of the third quarter, and then I was like, it's not happening. And and went to went to my room as well. You know, this is something where we were texting during the game and you know, for all this fire that Mike McCarthy's getting, and I think rightfully so, people are like, he should be fired. Like, is he? And Stephen Jones is having to come out, and Jerry Jones is coming out. And you know what? About this it. is why I forgot about this, because we kind of went, we had a little spat about this. This is why I forgot about I it. I think this. I blocked it out. I, I <laughs> believe that this is a, a fireable offense for Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury. Fireable? Yes, I think Cliff Kingsbury has proven what he is. He can get out to hot okay, starts okay. on a season, and it's been his entire career. It's not just Arizona that he gets off to fast or okay starts and then completely. This is falls true. Off. This is high, this, this is going is, back. This to, is very well documented. Yeah, this is going back to college as well, and you know he had no he had no answer whatsoever to do anything in this game against a divisional opponent that wasn't. It's not like this team was throwing surprises at you. This isn't a, an opponent you're like, oh man, we don't have a lot of taper. Or whatnot on them. You've played them twice already this year. You beat them once in their house. You know what to do. And then he goes and says, you know, we just don't really have the experience to be here yet. That's that's all fine and good. I wasn't asking you to win the game because I do think LA is the better roster almost in every which way. But you need to show some fight. You need to show some adjustment as a head coach. You need to show something to scheme open your quarterback, to to get some easy completions, to get a rhythm going on, to get your players comfortable and believing that they can play in an NFL game. And there was nothing that I saw that indicated any of that. I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, there was all these rumors about him going to Oklahoma after the Lincoln-Riley stuff all and all that happened. And they're like, no, he's the head coach of the Cardinals. I think he should just get out of town and go to Oklahoma because <laughs> – I think similar, <laughs> they're not as talented as a team on paper as Dallas, but they have a good team, and they were not utilized the second half of the year at all. They certainly missed DeAndre Hopkins. They had eight consecutive drives result in either zero first downs, a fumble, or an interception. That's the longest streak to open a playoff game since the Raiders in the 1980 divisional round playoffs against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it was gross. And, you know, you're, I was listening to the Manning cast for the portion portion that I did watch, oh, I almost did Irish Air. The portion that I did watch, but I it was their reaction because I think the yeah the Rock was on at that point. He was the guest, and that play happened. And the Rock pulled out his bottle of tequila and it was like, ah, here's to you, Kyler. <laughs> Started drinking, and the the Mannings were like, you take us take the safety. They're like, it sucks, but sixteen nothing's a whole lot better than what it ended up being. Yeah, it was bad. I I was just. So the car, you, talking about strong finishes, the Cardinals started the season seven and zero, and they were the last remained un, unbeaten team, and they get bopped by your favorite team, my favorite the, team, the Rams. Because you know, so, I wasn't I wasn't rooting for LA. I know, but. I know. Well, before we move on, Odell Beckham Jr. is the first player in NFL postseason history to have a 30-yard reception and a 30-yard completion of the same game. So not three touchdowns, but pretty darn good. So uh. I just feel like, you know, that has to, to go with say, you know, talking about the execution and everything. When Odell Beckham was a better quarterback than your starting quarterback in Kyler Murray, yeah. that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. You're right. No, you're it's right. It's because Odell is a great quarterback. It's because that was perfectly scripted. That was a great play call. Why weren't you doing that, Cliff? I don't know. 
uh, well, you know, I don't definitely don't think if Mike McCarthy's not getting fired, I'm pretty confident that Kingsbury's not going to be fired either. But I do expect them both to be on real hot seats next year because I don't know. I don't know how good Kyler and the and the Cardinals really can be. Uh, I again, I think it was devastating to not have DeAndre Hopkins, but I know for sure the Cowboys are better than that. So regardless, it was kind of a disappointing weekend, and let's hope that the the, the previously mentioned greatest weekend in football is heading into this divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The matchups certainly look juicy enough to for it to end up being the greatest weekend in football. Saturday, 4.30 on CBS, the Cincinnati Bengals tra- travel to Tennessee to face the one seed, the 12-5 Titans. It, this is awesome. I think the Titans and the Bengals are going to be in the title game. And how lucky do they feel right now that they only have to beat one of KC and Buffalo. They don't have to go... Now these teams have to go through both of them to get to the title <laughs> game. They only have to face one because one's going to knock the other one out. I mean, this is crazy. This should be a really fun game. Yeah, we're going to get to see the return of King Henry. We'll certainly see what that looks like coming off that injury. And we'll see if they give him the workload that they were where he was having 30 touches per game before he got injured I, I i can't imagine that they give him that right but we have julio jones who says he's back and healthy and he's like i'm ready for people to underestimate me so i don't know if julio jones really julio. needs a chip on his shoulder i don't know if that's warranted know, right? or not but he has it no julio. And it, it's gonna be fascinating it's definitely more likely that t- t- the Titans come out and just rock the Bengals because they have all these guys coming back. But I'm really worried about all these guys coming back from injury. So it's going to hinge on how healthy truly is Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. Because as much as I love A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, I do not think, can win this game with just A.J. Brown. He needs all these guys. And he needs all these weapons. I don't know. He's, and he's had plenty. He had plenty of games down the stretch where he just threw... 18 times for 15 catches to A.J. Brown, and it seemed that we're fine. Like I said, A.J. AJ Brown is great. I love him. But I just – I'm really nervous about this game for the Titans. But they're also becoming the nobody believes in this team as well. It <laughs> um, definitely which feels, is a narrative. <laughs> I mean, if you just look at Super Bowl odds to win out of what they're, they're – I think they're last. They're, I think they're second to last. Actually, I feel like the Bengals are last, like followed by – Oh, Tennessee. right, 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 right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But even – that, that so, kind of blows my mind with all the hype that the Bengals are getting because outside of that odds list, I feel like no one is talking about Tennessee like at all about anything. You're – no, you're right. You're right, and I don't think anybody is picking them to be in the Super Bowl at all. And I'm certainly not either because I'm going to give it away. I'm going to pick the Bengals in this game. Oh. I, 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 I like what Tennessee has, and like I said, if everybody was fully healthy and and we knew everything was going to be fine, Henry's getting 30 touches, Julio and AJ are each getting 10 targets. I'd be like, let's go. I love Mike Vrabel, and for a while, this was the pseudo team that I rooted for. Remember Marcus Mariota. But I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. This team is so much fun to watch. The defense was really good last week. Troy Henderson was everywhere. I I just I really like what this team has to offer. And I think this is going to turn out to be... I, I do think all these games will be fun. But I think this might be one of the more memorable games of the weekend. I think it's going to be back and forth the whole contest. I'm just taking Joe Burrow over Ryan Tannehill. I, it comes down to that for me. It, and it would be really exciting if it was one of those games because I feel like right now people are probably thinking this is the least exciting game of the weekend. 
So I would love to see it go back and forth. The the key guy that you said there, Trey Henderson, was all over the field. Well, he is battling an injury that he occurred against the the Raiders, and so is you know Larry Ogun Joby. I don't know. I botched that. I was Ogun Joby so ready, but I botched it. The Browns, the Browns, former Browns player. He's out. He he sustained an injury that was so bad that he is shut down. So they lost some some key pieces of their defense there, especially on that line. If you're trying to get Derrick Henry back, what do you want to go against a, an injured defensive line, right? So I Trey Hendrickson did practice in a limited capacity today. He probably will progress, I imagine, and he's super important. But with those key injuries, especially at a defensive tackle position, he's been pretty solid this year in, in this turnaround of, of sorts for the Cincinnati Bengals. I I'm am a little bit weary about that. So I will go with the team that's been there. Even if Julio wasn't on the team before, he has playoff experience. He's been to a Super Bowl. This team has been there and done that. I will take the Titans in this one. Trey Hendrickson did did practice. He did go through warm-ups. He was in uniform. He is in the concussion protocol. I will say this. Derrick Henry hasn't had a contact practice yet since he's returned. Now, he should have done so today or tomorrow. But it just worries me, man. I, I just... I feel like it's super likely that Henry's not as juiced as we all think he will be, and Burrow just outduels. But doesn't that so. doesn't that feel like the exact narrative that you would expect for Derrick Henry? People are like, "Oh, is he?" Yeah, is, you're right. You know, though. Like he's, no, he's you're right. This foot injury. He's Although gonna it might be just hobbled. feel that, he's going to run for 250 yards. You know, it also might just feel that way to you because you've hated Derrick Henry for so long, and he's. But I feel like that should be good. saying something. It's come from me. <laughs> You know, like that's you, true. You this is pretty against the guy. I'm like he's he's washed. He's you this know, is a pretty it's fun. All, it's all it happens in the fourth quarter when everyone's tired. And he can finally break one. That's good. very true. But, you know, that's very true. So it should be fun. Here we go, man. You you guys, because of the drunk Dallas Cowboys, you get to face the arch playoff nemesis of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' career. The the 49ers are coming into Lambeau Field. Dude, this is crazy. It sure is. It's really exciting, and I think it's going to be – this is going to be a great game. I, I don't really care how, how you split it because the 49ers do everything perfectly. That is the weakness of the Green Bay Packers, so it's going to be good. This is going to be a fun game. There's a lot that goes into this game. There's a lot of injury question marks and whatnot surrounding the 49ers right now, which is kind of a cause for concern. It's only Tuesday, so there's plenty of time between this. I'm really excited about this game, and I, I'm glad you brought up the arch rival thing because that's exciting. It's just gonna be a real good game. They were showing the highlights on ESPN today of all the the matchups in the playoffs, and I, you know, I, I know the Colin Kaepernick 189 yard rushing yards game, but I didn't realize that it was two years in a row that Kaepernick beat. Uh, the Packers because they had the other game where I think it was twenty three to twenty, um, where they they won that game as well. And obviously there was the you know oh Raheem Mostert just <laughs> ran in for another touchdown game a couple years ago that led to their their Super Bowl run. But Aaron Rodgers to me is the clear cut MVP of the season. Oh dang! You See, know, like two weeks back ago, to back. you were like, nah, nobody's MVP. Yeah. I, I watched I was watching NFL Live last week and they did a deep dive on all the numbers between that between Rodgers and Brady and I was like it, this is Rodgers again for me you know I I should say this I'd give it to Cooper Cup but we're not giving it to Cooper Cup so it's Aaron Rodgers to me but 
I just, this feels like an R-E-L-A-X game for Aaron. It really feels like that I'm done with this. This is, you, no, this is not happening. And the 49ers, to me, are not as good as they have been in any of those other games that you guys lost to them in the playoffs. You know, we, we, we talked about we talked about Dallas fans not being afraid of the 49ers because of Jimmy G, and he kind of proved them right in the fourth quarter. He missed on that deep pass to Ayuk that could have totally ended the game in the second half, and he threw the pick late as well that kept them in the game. So I'm really worried about Jimmy G in this game because I think the Packers' defense is actually pretty good. You guys have that good young secondary, and you do have a pass rush, and I, I think that this is just Aaron scorched earth. You have two great running backs. You you still have Devontae Adams. And we talked about Lazard and MVS getting better and better as the season's gone on. I just, I'm picking the Packers, and I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, this is the game that Packers fans have been waiting for all year. And not only because they've been waiting for a playoff game, but this is the game that they've been waiting for to see all of their star players return. And the stars are finally lining up. Zadarius Smith is slated to be back. Jair Alexander is slated to be back. Uh, Whitney Merciless, who isn't even one of the all-star players that you're like, he he's coming back. So they are definitely starting to get reinforcements. They are starting to get all these players. David Bakhtiari came back and played in limited snaps against Detroit. He's going to be back. Billy Turner, who got injured a few months ago, is going to be back at right tackle more likely That's than big. not. So they're going to – all these players are coming back, which is, uh, you know – I sent you the the funny thing where they posted every all the Packers faces over the the Avengers scene. Yeah, the Avengers but, scene. Know, it, it finally <laughs> is like all of these players are coming back to help out this team that has battled through all these injuries and maintained and got there. And whether or not it was pretty, whether or not it was stopping a two point conversion at the end of the game, or having to do X, Y, or Z to win the games, they 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 found a way and they're finally getting these guys back for help. I'm really excited. And and on the flip side, like I said, San Francisco is dealing with with injuries on, on that front. You know, we have to see the status of Fred Werner, of Nick Bosa, and and, and I want them to be out there because I don't I don't want excuses. I don't want if, if you the want Packers excuses. Win yeah. the game. They're like, oh well, yeah. you didn't play a good defense or whatever. I, I don't want any of that. Yeah. Jimmy G is also dealing with with a shoulder sprain that uh, there are some reports that it is possibly not play serious and that's being downplayed a little bit but those reports are leaking out whether or not that's true I don't know it's going to be tough because they're going to Lambeau and I know since since the 2000s that has not been the the fortress that it was in in the 1900s in the early game of the NFL but since 2014 there have been 101 different quarterbacks to play a game with kickoff temps below 40 degrees Jimmy Garoppolo was not one of them. He has never thrown a pass with the kickoff was below 40 degrees in his professional career. Wow. Wow. Obviously, he's been in San Francisco while he's been in his time in his starter. And when he was and in the New only times England, he played in, it was in he played the four games at the beginning of the year. It was the beginning of the year, yeah. So obviously, he's yeah. from Eastern Illinois. He, he, he knows the cold, but the throw a football in that cold weather with a thumb injury and a shoulder injury it, it's going to be to see how that responds it's going to be interesting it's going to be big jimmy garoppolo is going to be a really fun quarterback for the pittsburgh steelers next year well he better get used to that 40 below <laughs> or under 40 degrees so so you're you're, you're picking the packers too i'm going to go with the packers i don't okay. see them committing 14 penalties to keep this game close i think it's going to be fascinating i think they will get run on they will get run over, but I think they do enough to win the game, yeah. 
Should be another fun one as well. And then we head to Sunday, which has just got heavyweights, man, all day. We've got the L.A. Rams super team versus the Buccaneers that was a super team but is missing all of their super. (laughs) Missing all the super. I like that. Yeah, and it really comes down to seeing how that health on that offensive line, that is so, so important because when you have Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd out there and you're going to be chasing around Brady. It's going to be tough for, for Tampa to overcome if they, I think to overcome if they have their offensive line, but especially that much monumental if we, they're not there. We didn't talk about the Philly game a lot, like I said, because I fell asleep and you started playing video games. But the beginning of that game, the Philly defensive line was all over Tom. He was sacked four times in the first half. I, I think that this spells a really bad matchup for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And again, it's Tom Brady, so that's always the time when, you know, he throws five touchdowns and we're like, oh, look, it's Tom Brady. He threw more touchdowns than his age this year when he's 45, so it's just nuts. But this looks to me like Matt Stafford and the Rams just roll because the defense totally shuts down Tom and OBJ and Cooper Cup are running around the field and they're splitting time between Sonny Michelle, who looks like a rookie again, and Cam Akers, who comes back and actually just looks like Cam Akers, doesn't seem to have any rust for like last week. So I, I'm picking the Rams in this one, and this is another one where I'm pretty confident in this one. I just and again, I could be wrong, but mind you all, I went six and zero last week, so I'm feeling hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> What are you, are you you're gonna you're gonna go Rams too? I I I'm gonna go with the Rams just because they they have the pieces right now. But we've been here so many times, so many times, and we were like, you know what? They don't have it. They don't have the keys. They don't have the recipe to success. And then Tom Brady is just the ultimate the ultimate salt that makes everything better, no matter how grossly you made it. Right? He's just the ultimate ingredient that that makes it go. It's true. And we we've true. been burned so many times. He's the he's the vanilla extract when you're baking. <laughs> you didn't you didn't like my salt? <laughs> no, a vanilla extract makes more sense because I throw that I throw that stuff in everything, man. <laughs> Guess we should just say Frank's red hot then if we're we're going with that. Anyways, <laughs> it will be critical to watch the health of, of Worfs because I think it I think it is just a mountain because if he's not there it's going to be real bad I think Jalen Ramsey will match up well against Mike Evans because Mike Evans has become the the safety valve for for Tom there and I I you know all the pieces are there for LA to do this absolutely it's going to come down to can Matt Stafford not be the stereotypical Matt Stafford to continue on with success in the playoffs he definitely didn't have to do much in the game last week. He did have three total touchdowns, one rushing, two passing. Wins his first playoff game. He had the most touchdowns by a quarterback to have never won a playoff start. He gets his first one in year 13. Well, here we go, man. The marquee of the weekend. The rub roll, please. After this, after the stage is set for, for Packers-Rams in the, in the title game, you're ready. It's your nemesis team versus your favorite team. And the Bengals upset the Titans, so Buffalo's on the line to host an AFC title game for the first time since their Super Bowl run in the 90s. Woo! 
I mean, it's just it could not the stage could not be set more perfect. And somebody also mentioned this is that I th- still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But you know, there's buzz now after how great of a performance Allen had. They're like, oh, is Allen actually the best AFC quarterback? How often do we get to have? Two young quarterbacks where there's a legitimate debate which one's better go up against each other in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's just, it's so exciting, and I'm I, I could not be more ready for it. Yeah, I don't. I I will say this about that real quick because I I think it's definitely worth saying because you're talking about like which which quarterback's the best in the. We don't have to say the AFC. You could say the NFL. And I, I really loved, I don't remember if it was during the game or I read a tweet or something, but they were like, we don't have to be talking. Maybe Mahomes is still technically, quote unquote, better than Allen. It doesn't matter. Right now we have Joe Montana and then we have John Elway. John, No one looked like John Elway. No one looks like Josh Allen. No one's throwing 300 yards and then just trucking over guys. He's a special specimen. I don't know why. We don't think we have to compare them. I just think we can just appreciate yeah, both. Yeah, no, it's a good point. They're amazing and we're blessed I, to have both of them in the league right now. I a thousand percent agree. I will say this though. I, I again, I, I just said it a second ago. I'll double down. I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL once Rodgers leaves. But I confidently believe that Josh Allen's ceiling, like the peak Josh Allen game, is better than any quarterback ever. Like when Josh Allen is playing the way that he played against New England, I don't think anybody can be better because. No, because nobody has the combination of all of the, the 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 pieces, right? Nobody has that strong of an arm, but is also uh, a great runner. Nobody is also a great runner, but is like super large and can take poundings and not really get hurt. Nobody has all those combinations, but is also like really smart too with the football as he's learned and grown up. Again, Josh Allen's A-plus game I think is better than anybody else, but the problem is that he doesn't always show up with his A-plus game, sure. and that's why Mahomes and Rodgers are better right now. But I, what I hope more than anything, and I truly mean this whether we win or lose, I just want both quarterbacks to show up with their A-plus game. I don't want the narrative of, uh, you know, and again, I, I'm a, I'll have a blast if we crush crush them like we did earlier in the season, right? I'm not like, don't make no mistake, people. That'll be great. But what I want more than that is I want Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes shoot out at the OK Corral, guns a-blazing, A-plus games from both of them. I want this game to be 45-42 to more than anything that I've ever wanted in football. Hot dang, it's certainly a possibility. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm I, going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I, I'm That's not a... a you know, earlier in the season, I did pick when I picked the Bills against the Chiefs in, in Week Five, and we ended up winning thirty-eight to twenty. I said that we would win, and I felt really good about it. But I was still like, "Oh, we'll see." You know, I'm, this is my team. That's why I got to pick them. I, I, I believe we'll win this game. I, I do think it'll be. I don't know if it'll be forty-five to forty-two, but I think both teams are going to score thirty points, and it's going to come down to the wire. And you know, that's. Uh, obviously not favored. I'm stuttering because I'm so jazzed about this game. Uh, that's obviously not favored Buffalo because every single victory we have 12 wins this year now has been we have handled the other team and won by double digits. So we've all of our close games we've lost the Jags, the Titans. I mean we and the Patriots the first time. So all of our close games don't turn out well for us. I think it'll be a close game. I just think that. 
A plus Allen is is going to show up. There we go. I like that. I like that a lot. I think it's definitely a possibility that A plus Allen shows up. And even you know, I I don't think we should we should not set a precedent to, that A plus Allen means seven touchdowns and and no negative plays. I mean, like there. Right. No, I don't mean that as well. I don't mean that either. With all that being said, I I'm gonna go with Kansas City in this one because That's okay. I think That's okay. this is when did the, the that was was that week five that they week five yes they met week up. five Sunday night football there have been some some key differences uh, for these two teams since then for Buffalo Bills it is the loss of Tre'Davious White I think that is going to be really huge with Tyree it's not Hill. being talked about a lot it's not being talked about a lot but you're I right I mean he's very huge bet. and since then on the plus side for Kansas City was the trade for Melvin Ingram with the Pittsburgh Steelers that slid Chris Jones back into the he's been awesome and I think that is going to be really the duo has been awesome going to be really important for for Kansas City so I think you know it's just Buffalo has in my opinion uh, I mean they they have they rode the roller coaster but I think they've grown since that game but I think Kansas City has grown just a little bit more that offensive line has meshed more since week five the defense has obviously made their 180 turn and haven't been giving up 30 points a game except for to Cincinnati and that was an exciting game and I hope that's the kind of game that this is and if Cincinnati gives up 35 and a loss then that's fine and great it was an exciting game right but I just think right now the trends are suggesting more so for Kansas City than Buffalo but I, I hope it is the 45 to 42 and no matter who wins we will celebrate that as being probably one of the best games of the season probably be better than Bro- the Super Bowl we're lucky that we get to live in the live in this time. This this feels like Kelly Marino. This feels like Brady Manning in the heyday, right? Absolutely. It feels like we're we're living right in the middle of the prime of these two young quarterbacks that hopefully we get to see for a very I had that thought earlier today when I was at the grocery store and I was listening to the Bills podcast and I was like, it's just so cool that we get to like watch this. And we get to like I get to live in like Mahomes is going to beat us plenty of times before his career is out, right? And I think that we'll beat them plenty of times before Allen's career is out. But I do think we get to see this for the next ten yeah, years. That's what Allen, great rivalries Mahomes. are all about. Absolutely, it's, it's awesome, there. and I'm it's I'm so excited for it. You're you're super smart and right to point out the Tre'Davious White piece. He's our best defensive player. You know, before Allen went scorched earth tour last week, I think he was also just our best player overall. It sucks, but. Another thing that we're not talking about is the Buffalo defense is legit, and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are, have been unconscious this year. You know, they both did make first team and second team all pro, respectively, at the safety spot. They've been fabulous, and it should be a lot of fun to watch them cover Kelsey and Hill because that's those are going to be their assignments, right? We're not putting Levi Wallace, even though Levi Wallace has actually been really awesome this year. I want to give props to that kid. That, that guy has his job questioned every season, me included, and he always wins it. He always wins the job. For four straight years, his job's been questioned, and he wins the job every time. It's just he's been great. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I won't talk any more about it. I'm just, I want it to be tonight. I'm so ready for it. It's, it, Ooh, it's, it's a right. good one. You know, we are getting the championship game a week early for sure. All right. So uh, we've got French Fortune and Tidbits, man, and that's it. Ready for your friend's fortune? I am not. You can go first this time. I'll go first. I'll go first. Three, two, one. All right, guys. Friend's fortune for the divisional round. You know, last week I was super smart, and I said 
I'm not going to do a Bills one because every time I do, I'm wrong and see what happened. So I'm sticking with it again. I'm not doing a Bills one. Where I am going to go is I'm going to go to the Titans-Bengals game. I already told you I picked the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow is about to have his playoff moment. I think Joe Burrow goes for four-plus total touchdowns and a decisive victory over the Tennessee Titans. I heard you giggle. Yeah, I was just really proud that you finally didn't do the full countdown like <laughs> I've always done. It made me feel good. Well, the whole thing started because I always screwed it up, and then you made fun of me for it, and so I fixed it, and then you went the other way. All right, I'm gonna so go. we're just hopping back and forth. Right, I am doing my friend's fortune now. Adam successfully did stop talking, <laughs> which is great. So I'm going to say in this Packers 49ers game, this is – this this does hinge on Jimmy G playing the game. I'm going to say that Jimmy G commits three turnovers in the game. Packers have a margin of plus 22 on the season. The 49ers are negative four. I think that cold is going to matter with the thumb injury and this possible throwing injury. Three turnovers from Jimmy G in the Packers game. All right, there we go. Just one of the many reasons why I love you. That was hysterical. I will say this. I, a little bit of a hint for my friend's fortune. Last week, I did say... At the beginning of my friend's fortune, I said, I always screw up when I do the Buffalo Bills friend's fortunes, and they always play terribly. So I, I stayed away, and it worked. Okay. Alan went scorched earth. So I'm doing it again. I really wanted oh, man, to go to that game, but I... Double, I can, is that a, like a double jinx right there? I don't know. I stayed away from it. I stayed away from it. Maybe this was the, the time to go went. all in. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think I had one tidbit. Did I have one tidbit? No, I don't have one tidbit. My one tidbit is this. Just so you guys know, mid-season, I put 10 bucks on Packers bills for the Super Bowl. Right now, it pays out 250 So let's go. Let's go, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I also am kind of terrified of that possibility. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I you know, you're my best friend. It's like we're not going to ruin our friendship, but I'm a little bit afraid of that game. <laughs> it might ruin our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to the show, guys. You got anything else, my man? That is all for me. What a great episode. And again, Cowboys fans, Mike, my cousins, my uncles, my other friends. Listen, we're I'm sorry we went into Dallas so hard today, but I truly mean it. I feel bad for you guys. I and I I actually root for you guys when I never would have when I was younger. So here's to the future. Mike, listen, you were totally wrong about Micah Parsons. I thank you for admitting it. And maybe in the draft you'll get another player. I don't know. Just fire probably Mike get McCarthy. Another get it over. I, I guarantee they'll get Just another player. Just fire Mike McCarthy and get over with it. Jeez, I'm crow. Thanks for listening to the show, folks. This has been Simultaneous Catch. His name's Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Enjoy the best weekend in the NFL. God bless. <laughs>